0: And thank you for joining this week's podcast With the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams In this week's sermon The Archbishop ministers on the importance And spiritual benefits of caring for others Discover how to increase your spiritual prayer life With the Archbishop's new book Prayer Moves God Secure your copy today At ndwministries.org Know today that this is God's word of inspiration for you. Be inspired as you listen. I'm told that after
1: the Titanic sank, in 1914, another ship sank. And about a thousand people lost their lives. And just about 400 people were saved. I was also told that there were over 150 Salvation Army youth on board the ship. And at a cabin where they were was kept the life jackets.
0: And they had access
1: to the life jackets, so they took as many as they can and they jumped into the cold water. And many lives were lost. And what they did was to go to everybody they could and they asked them, are you born again? And do you know the Lord? Are you saved? And as many as they led to Christ, they gave them their life jacket. And after they were rescued, many asked for over 150 youth of the Salvation Army and they couldn't find them. They drowned. They lost their lives because they gave their life jackets to save others. They lost their lives for others. They were willing to sacrifice their lives for others to be saved. And they believed that because they were already saved, that it was critical and necessary for the unsaved to be saved. So they gave them their life jackets and they died for others. The founder of Salvation Army would write letters when he was alive, alive every now and then to his followers. And he was good at that. And the last letter he wrote to his followers before he passed, from time to eternity to be with the Lord was this, others. Others. Please turn to somebody and say, care about others. The only reason for which you and I are still here, and the only reason why God is under obligation to keep us alive, bless us, and protect us is because of others. It is never about you and I. It's not about you. And it's not about me. It's about him. And the day we lose sight. Or consciousness. Of the fact. That it has never been because of you. But it is always about others. The cause of Christ. And the gospels. We have missed it. And many live a selfish life. Where it is always about you, it's always about me. And I preached the other day a message entitled Generational Thinkers. People who live and think generations yet unborn. Transgenerational thinkers. And the blessing of the Lord, it make it rich. And He added no sorrow to it. But it's not enough to be blessed of the Lord. You need to ask yourself how much percentage of the blessing of the Lord on my life benefits Christ and the gospel and his church and others. Years ago, I was going through some crisis of my life, and Bishop Duck came to me and we were chatting. He said, Papa, have you done your will yet? And I said, No. And he said, It's unwise. You are a father. You need to be wise. So we sat down and we talked and we went to the golf course at Tema. We played golf and we talked. And he took pen and paper and he put together my thoughts. And he brought together, he put together my wheel and brought it to me and said, Papa, I want you to read this. This is your wheel based on our conversation. It was great. But there was one thing missing in the wheel. And that was about others. Christ, the gospel, and others was not in my will. It was all about my kids. And my mother was then alive, and it was about my mom. And I realized that I had not made any provision for Christ's cause. For my master's cause and his business, and the gospels, and the church, and others. It was all about my immediate family. And your will, which is your last testament, reveals what is truly in your heart and what you live for when you were here on earth. And I, I feel very sad about some of the things I'm about to say because I'm fully convinced that a lot of believers use God for their personal gain. And they use him for the things they care about the most, but not the things about Christ Jesus. And people talk about corruption and always attack politicians. Corruption, corruption, corruption. But there's a lot of corruption in the church. And there's a lot of corruption about among believers. And let me tell you what corruption is. Corruption is simply this. When you use what is given to you for the benefit of others for yourself, is corruption. And I'm not saying we shouldn't criticize politicians when they are wrong. But let us be careful how we judge others. Let's judge ourselves first before we judge others. Because if by the time you die, when your will is read, you give more, live more, to those you care about the most and love the most, more than Christ, they more than the gospels and the church. You were corrupt. You were a user of the grace of God. You exploited God when you were alive. When I hear people love God and when at their funeral service, all these lying testimonies are given just to impress men. And you hear all these beautiful things about them. When they die, I don't say anything. I just keep quiet. And I'm waiting for one thing. When their wheels are red, then I know who they truly were and if they really cared and served God. And when the wheel is red, I check and I listen carefully and I ask questions. What did they leave behind for the gospel and the church? Others. What was the percentage? And if it was, if they gave more to their children and their immediate family than they gave to the cause of the gospel and Christ, I know they were selfish, they were greedy, they never cared about the things that God cares about, they never loved the things God loved, and Jesus is waiting for them. And tell somebody, whether you live a thousand years, tell them, whether you live a thousand years or not, one of these days, you will stand before the master. you will give an account as a steward of everything it's coming my job is to remind you i have a moral and spiritual responsibility to remind you because the day will come when this voice you hear shall echo of eternity when mortal put on immortality and when time has come to the end and everything we care about we fight for we seek after the money the business the fame the name the accolades the acceptance of man is all ended on that day you hear my voice echoing in the corridors of eternity and you shall be remembered did you hear him and what is it that you did for Christ and the gospels To benefit and to profit next generation of people that shall come. Europe brought us the gospel. Today Europe is dying. It's dying because the fathers never cared for others. When they made their wills, they left nothing for the gospel and the cause of Christ and others. They left everything to children that even didn't believe in God who had no love and care for God. I tell my children I have I've educated you, I've given you the knowledge of Christ, the knowledge of God and that is enough inheritance. If by any means I'm blessed to leave you one or two things it's a privilege and not a right giving you the knowledge of God is enough Because the knowledge of God will cause you to survive anywhere upon the face of the earth. Those who know how to bow their knee and call upon the name of Elohim and Adonai. Always have an advantage than others who just depend on intellectual capabilities and arrogance. what is the essence of your life and living what drives you what drives you why do you want money why do you want to be in politics i hear people come to me pray for me i'm going to stand for election i'm going to be a minister i'm going to be that i'm going to be that and i look at them and i ask them what have you accomplished with your life for others nothing stand for politics to do what to help who you haven't accomplished anything for anybody you're taking this selfishness to politics to our power and access to resources for the benefit of masses and you will never use it for the good of others and you don't know that you are attracting a curse when you use what is put at your disposal for the benefit of others and it is used just for you and your immediate family. And you keep pursuing it and you do nothing for humanity when you have resources, access to power and resources. You use it for the benefit of nobody. Somebody was asking me the other day, why are you so passionate about this national cathedral? And I look at them and it was a believer asking me. And I said to them, I've been here for a while. Never have I seen any president, save or unsafe, who came into office and said, I want to build a national cathedral to the name of the Lord. And hear me, hear me, hear me. At least it is one thing he cannot will it to his kids or his immediate family. At least... There's something somebody is determined to do for the benefit of the name of the Lord and for the benefit of others and humanity and not for himself. And you know who are, you know the people fighting it? Not other religions. But it's us Christians. It's us Christians fighting it. And some of you are fighting it because it's not your party and your president that is building it. So you must oppose it. And some of you love your political parties and more loyal to your political parties than you are to the Bible and the cause of Christ. That is where we are. The Muslims have built a national mosques, And nobody has complained about it. But a national cathedral where there will be first of its kind. Bible museums with the different characters in the Bible being showcased. Where children, family, people will travel from far and near to pay and come and look. And it shall stand for God and country as a memorial. will oppose it. Who is Who is who is giving to it? Who is financing it? Where is the money coming from? As if somebody are you for your money. And we'll oppose it. Even when we don't understand it. We won't ask the question. We criticize it. We fight everything. At this convention, there is a singer coming. I've heard of him. I've never seen him before. And a Muslim friend of mine said to one of my daughters in the church, Ask Papa if he's interested to have this singer. So I googled him. The guy is good. And I said, how much will he charge? And they mentioned some serious figures in dollars. And I said, I haven't budgeted for that. So I don't know if I can do it. And this guy told the sister in my church, who is one of my spiritual advisors I said, Tell Papa not to worry about the money. If he wants the guy, I'll pay for it. And this is not a Christian. And Christians are sitting down, and all we do is criticize. Be critical of heaven. There are Christians who don't care about the cause of Christ. There are Christians eh, if they hear, if they go to a secret meeting and they hear that there is a plan against my life, they will keep quiet and not tell me because they don't want to lose their job. And they will watch me fall into a trap because they love their position they love their names, they love their image, than they love the cause of Christ. But you know something? You won't live forever. It doesn't matter how long you live, there will come a day when all of us will stand before Christ and our motives and the reason for which we live. Everything will be played to us like you see me on the screen. Your life will be played back for you. And it is not God that will judge you. Your works will judge you. On that day we will know what you live for. If you are writing a will, if you are writing a will, please remember others. Please remember the course of Christ. And remember the gospels and the church. Don't write a selfish will. Years after I have to to get my attorney to rewrite my will. So I did a second will. And this is what he said to me. He said, Papa, I've helped to write many wills of Christians. I've never seen any Christian will like what you have written. And I said, why? He said, because of what you gave to the church. i made provision of a percentage of everything I have and I will ever have should go to the church and the gospel of Christ. I'm not asking you to do the same. You will everything you have to the children you love and you care about. But one of these days, There will come a day when you stand before him. And you will see your own life and your motives when you were alive, what you really care about. And you realize that you never cared about Christ, and you never cared about the gospel, and you never cared about others, and it was all about you and your immediate family. And Jesus will say, You workers of iniquity, I know you not. That day is coming. You never live forever. My job is to remind you on that day that God never intended to bless you and I for us, for self, and for immediate family. His purpose and reason for blessing you and I is always about the cost of Christ, the Gospels, and others. Somebody say others. Talk to me. Say others. When it is about you, you are Selfish. And selfishness is the womb of every sin. It's the beginning of every sin. Selfishness. That was the sin in the garden of Eden. Turn your Bibles with me to Mark the 10th chapter. Mark the 10th chapter. Reading from the 28th
2: to the 30th verse. Then Peter began to say unto him, Lo! We have left all and have followed thee. Underline the word
1: all. You are not worthy of him if you don't leave all. I hear people say I'm a Christian. What have you left? What have you sacrificed? This Christian walk is a life of sacrifice. And there are people in the church, they haven't sacrificed anything. All the sacrifice is to criticize and fight others. Question everything. made themselves judges of others. A day will come when the judge of all the earth will judge you too. So you keep judging. Keep being critical of others. Keep being the only righteous person. A day will come when the one that is righteous, that all of us, will call you to the books. And a tape and a video of your life will be played to you and you see your true self when you lived. I'm scared of that day. I am concerned whether I'll be worthy on that day. I'm checking my motives. Lift up your hands, seek up a hand. Talk to him for a minute. Dahanduku wasia. here. Eliakubadiba super. Senikulu vudi adanu lu ku ivan beentuku walahan bisandikan avandikaluhan imalandu masiniki mahagadahas amen i check myself on daily basis i examine my motives for which i'm doing what i'm doing to make sure if adventure There is some ulterior motive than others and souls Then lead me in the way that is right. For I never want to be disadvantaged on that day. But that day will come when all of us, you know, a preacher friend of mine was telling me about a doctor friend of him that died. And they went to the funeral. And he and his wife was given the room of this doctor who died, who was his best friend. And they saw all his brand new suits and ties and shirt in his wardrobe. Then the family came and said they wanted a suit, a shirt to dress him before he was laid in state. So they decided to give the family. Some of the brand new and nice suits and shirt and tie. And listen to what the family said. They said, no, we don't want the new ones. Give us one of the old ones. All ones of no value. Let's dress him with it. These brand new ones, we have a plan for it. After we buried him, We have a plan for it. A day will come in all the things you value and you boast of and you spend money on than others will mean nothing. And another will come to enjoy it. Another will come and enjoy that your beautiful wife and handsome husband. You go ahead. Keep living for yourself keep thinking that you have arrived, you've taken care, I I said to an old president friend of mine the other day from a country not too far from here, and I said Mr. President, your excellency, he was talking about how he's ready to go, and I said Mr. President, where are you going? I said, I said, I said, have you settled? Have you settled the issue of your eternity with Christ? And I said, where are you going, Mr. President? And I knew that I was putting my relationship with him on the line. But i rather put my relationship with him on the line than putting my relationship with Christ on the line. So I said, Mr. President, I need you to answer this question. Do you know where you are going? Have you settled the matter of your eternity with the master? He looked at me very strangely. It, it came to him. I said, sure. It hit him. And our conversation was cut short. And since that day we haven't spoken again. And I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm fine with it. I'm fine because on Christ the solid rock I stand. All oh, other ground is sinking sand. I have a duty and a moral responsibility to ask him that question. To cause him to think about it. How dare you tell me you are ready to go when you don't know where you are going? Intellectual arrogance, where are you going? Have you settled it?
2: You know where you are going? Go ahead, left home. And Jesus answered and said, verily I say unto you, there is no man that hath left house, house. or brethren. house, brethren or sisters, sisters it will cost you house brethren sisters or father it will cost you a father or mother, or a, mother. Or wife. Or a wife or Or children or children or lands for my sake for my sake and the gospel and the gospel that means there come a time in your work and relationship with God
1: when it shall be required of you to choose between God Christ the gospel and a father, a wife, a mother, a sister, a land, a house. You need to come to a place and you will one day and one of these days, if you haven't yet confronted it, you will be brought face to face to it. When you have to choose between Christ, the gospel, others, and these things that are dear to us. God said, do you love me more than this? And if we don't love him more than this, then we are not worthy to be his followers or disciples.
2: But he shall receive a hundredfold now in this time. Not, not too many received a hundredfold of houses,
1: of brethren, of sisters, of fathers, of mothers. Do you know how many brethren I have? Do you, have, do you know how many brethren I have? You are all my brethren. That's right. You are my brethren. Some of you are my fathers. Some of you are my mothers. Some of you are my sisters. Yes, you are. When I got born again, I had to give up my 43 brothers and sisters. I had to make a decision for Christ. I was misunderstood and misrepresented by my father. They called me names. I became a laughing stock and a mockery and a proverb and a byword. It really didn't matter. My father said, Nicholas, what have I done wrong? That you want to become an Osuffo because in those days you never saw young men like my kind and the kind we have today. It was old men who have used the best part of their lives to follow after money life, and few years before they die, they commit the rest to God as if God deserves. I didn't say anything, I didn't say anything and my father was disappointed that I was going to become an Osorfo, I was going to become a beggar living at the mercy of people's peanuts and crumbs, little did he know that God was calling me to bring a revolution of the gospel of Jesus Christ, little did he know that I was being chosen to raise the standard, to bring a paradigm shift, and to bring about illumination, and to raise up a generation of young men and women who are doctors, lawyers, engineers, architects, name them, and would dare step out to serve Almighty God and the ministry. Put your hands together, give God some praise. And before he died, he called all my brethren, my siblings, and said, He's one of the youngest among all of you, but he's Joseph. And I've given him charge over all of you. And this is what he said. If you listen to him, you'll be blessed. And those of you who don't listen to him, it's up to you. And said, I'm making him an executor of my will. I'm giving him the right to be in charge of all my estates. And he said, Nicholas, promise me before your brethren that you will not allow anybody to legally challenge my will because this is my testament. And I'm serious about it. And I said, You have my word.
2: Go ahead. We finished, huh? But he shall receive an hundred a hundredfold. There is a
1: hundredfold in this life for those who sacrifice something for Christ and the Gospels. For your master and for his business. That hundredfold is not for everybody. And I would to God that some of you will catch this revelation. Of being willing to sacrifice and give up something for the sake of Christ, your master and his business. There's a hundredfold, some of you will get to heaven and you'll be shocked and blown away. They'll show you blessings that was meant for you here on earth. Will mean nothing to you in eternity. But you missed it when you were here on earth because you were selfish. You were just conscious about yourself, your immediate family. That was all you were concerned about. You weren't concerned about Christ and his business.
2: May that not happen to you. Amen. Go ahead. A hundredfold of houses, brethren, sisters, mothers, and children and lands with persecution and in the world to come, eternal life. Eternal life in the world to come. You know the most important thing
1: about all of this, eh? It's not the hundredfold here, but it's life hereafter. Eternal life. Eternal life. Listen, even if you leave a thousand here, it can't be compared to eternity because in eternity there is no time. There's no time. Eternity is eternity. I'm saying again, those of you who have made your will, revisit your will. You will see how selfish you are. You see how much you have used God and you are using him. That all along, every blessing that God has given you, you spend more on yourself, your immediate family, and nothing for Christ and the Gospels. And you say you are going to see Jesus. Going to see who? He's waiting for you. And you will account when you meet him and tell him that you use all that he gave you for your immediate family because a good man must leave an inheritance to his children's children that is the minimum oh so no karahan divesessa le koto custo bricki rango stendo rongri gadang restendo bahanza ki volundre degeses. Matthew chapter 6, verse
2: 24. No man can serve two masters. Can serve money, business. For no. either he will hate the one and love the other. You hate one and love the other. Or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Uh-huh. You cannot serve God and mammon. Can't serve God
1: and money. There are a lot of Christians who are driven by money. What drives them is money. Why do you want money? You got to look at the, the, you know the Bible said in Jeremiah 45, he said, I think Jeremiah 45 and five, verse 5, he said, seeketh thou great things for thyself, seek them not. Because I will send evil to all the earth. Seeketh thou great things for thyself, seek them not. As, as long as it's about self, it's about you. God said, forget it. Don't even pray that prayer. I am not obligated to answer those prayers selfish prayers i don't answer them but ask for others and i'll do it others turn to somebody and say care for others can't serve two masters you can't serve money and serve christ if your reason for wanting money is for souls and others And you truly demonstrate it, you don't have to worry about breakthroughs. You don't have to worry for things. I don't pray for things anymore. I don't pray for things. I don't pray for money. I don't buy things anymore. Things come to me. People bless me. People dream and think about sending me stuff. And I don't buy them. Some I don't even want them. And they bring them and I don't need them. And I said, my Lord, I don't need this. And I give them to others. Because I don't need it. And there are things people are fighting me over. People are fighting me over things I don't even need. They undermine me for things I don't want. There are things I've seen and have before. That my desires have changed. My priorities have changed. I'm not interested in things I used to be interested five, ten years ago. And I don't care if you have it. I don't care if you are the latest man of God in the world. I don't care. You know what I care about? I care about what the Lord thinks of me. I care about whether I'm fulfilling his purpose of my life than being in the good books of men and receiving the praises of men and the accolades of men. Please give me a break. Come on, somebody, put your hands together and give God praise. You know, Rose, I will tell you, Dogma will tell you, I have so many invitations. Some even Papa will send a jet, a private jet to pick you up. Tell us what you want. And I said, I don't want anything. I don't want anything. I don't want your private jets. The issue is not how I come the issue is spiritual clearance if I have clearance in the spirit I'll come if I don't I'm not coming because my priority has changed and I don't care whether you put me on a bail ball or in the graphic or in a bottle Because what I care about is not a position And it's not a title Or an office You can call me Nick or brother Nick Pastor. I don't care what you call me Or call me Papa or not It really doesn't matter What matters for me Is making sure That I'm doing what is required of me So when I stand before the King On that day I will not be ashamed Le Asas divan That I may not be ashamed on that day When I stand before him That I will be worthy On that day When I stand before him to say Master I wasn't selfish I wasn't greedy I didn't hold on to it And I didn't use more For what I cared about Than you I cared more about what you cared about and love what you love. I serve you and not money, not fame. Some people think that the ministry is just for bishops and archbishops and prophets and apostles and teachers, and yours is just go and make money and give some tithes and offering and some crumbs to the church, and then you fulfill your purpose. Who told you that? God requires your life and mine, it's more than your money. It's more than your tithes. That is the minimum you can do. I tithe. I give offering. And I still win souls. I win souls. It's the greatest call of every call. And one day, we all will account to the master how much time, resources, access, favor that God gave us was used for others compared to that which we use for ourselves. That day will come. My job is to remind you. You can look at me any way you want to look at me, but I'm telling you, God is without a witness, and there has to be a witness against you on that day. And that's why I'm reminding you. You will account. All of us will give an account, including myself. And that is most scary. I've been preaching 41 years, and sometimes I battle. Sometimes I battle. And sometimes I fear. And I check my motives. And I ask myself Am I doing the right thing? Where am I missing it? Am I on course? And I say, Lord Jesus, I still acknowledge you as my Lord. Jesus, you are my Lord. You are my Savior, Lord. I confess you, Lord, over and over again as Lord and Savior. Jesus, Jesus, I still love you, Lord. Lord, I have my shortcomings. I struggle every now and then between my spirit, my soul, and my body, and my emotions. But Lord, you know all things. I love you, Lord. Help me.
2: Proverbs 29 and 25. The fear of man bringeth a snare, but whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be saved. One of the
1: reasons why we we don't give and people are stingy in the church is the fear. Fear. Fear of losing something when they give to God. And so many people are stingy because of fear. Fear. Fear of what will happen when they give what is required of them by the Lord. And so many are afraid of their mothers and their husbands and their wives and their friends. And it's difficult for the youth because you are under the shelter, protection and covering of your parents. And sometimes when a father and a mother say, you can't go to that church. If you go to that church, pack your things and leave that house. Leave my house. Did it to me. And it's very difficult sometimes to choose between your father and your mother when it comes to the things of Christ Jesus. And sometimes, you have to choose between your father, your mother, your husband, your wife, your kids, your parents, your siblings, with Christ and the Gospels. That day comes. If it hasn't yet come, it will come. My job is to get you ready. So when that day comes, you are ready to stand for the Master. You know, people can, nobody goes to the synagogue. And nobody goes to a monk to command a rabbi or an imam to marry men who wants to marry men or women who wants to marry women. That is their right. Everybody is entitled to their own opinion and people are right to do what they want to do with their freedom. Everybody is right to do what they want to do with their freedom. They can do that to a monk or to a synagogue. But they can come to a church and demand that we do it. And if you don't do it, you are prosecuted. You know why they do that to us? Because we have no values. We've lost our values. We go to restaurant to eat and we are even embarrassed and ashamed to pray over our food. Because we don't want to offend anybody. You can be ready going to church on Sunday morning. And an old school friend will come at the time you address going to church with your Bible. And you put your Bible down. And you don't go to church on that day. And you can't say, listen, I'm going to church. Will you come with me? If you can't come with me, you have to come later. I have to go to church. We've lost our value system. Everything goes. So people take us for granted. Fear of man. We are afraid of men. Who is he that threatens to take the life of another? When he's like the grass of the field that withered and the flower that faded. Who is he born of a woman that threatens to destroy and to take the life of another human being? When it is not in your power to keep yourself alive. Matthew 16, 24 to 26.
2: Then said Jesus unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself. Self denial. And take up his cross. It's a requirement. If you don't deny self,
1: you are not worthy of him. Take up his cross. Go ahead.
2: And follow me. Follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it. Uh And whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is it what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? In exchange of your life. What is it? What kind of wealth? What kind of accolades and
1: praise of men and positions in society or political expedience or position? What is it? that you give in exchange to your commitment to Christ and his cause and the gospels. It's not worth it. Mm. My faith is be on oh, nothing. but Jesus' blood. Sit down, sit down. And righteousness I
3: dare not trust this sweetest rain, but only holy, on Jesus' name. Mm. On Christ the song let rock I stand. On oh, the ground is singing On the ground. on Christ, Christ the song let wrote and all ground is in 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 this way in We, my, my soul, with my.
1: We see that. This is when we are growing up and kids, and we must I pray for the grace to fulfill your promise. There are a lot of young ones hearing me. Some of you are potential presidents, ministers of state, ambassadors, great architects, doctors, lawyers, engineers, scientists, bishops. Archbishop better than Duncan Williams. Prophets, better than the prophets of today. Teachers, pastors of mega churches, evangelists. Great one, sitting under the sound of my voice. And God will give you the grace to become what he has chosen you to become. But you will always have to sacrifice something and you always have to let something go to fulfill the reason for which you were born. And Satan will always set something before you, between you and the real reason why you were born. And when that day comes, your willingness to walk past what Satan presents to you will determine your ability fulfill the reason why you were born. Paul said I have run the race I finished my course Jesus said it is finished Simeon said now my eyes have behold the salvation of Israel. I'm ready to depart. Whether you and I will be able to say on the day when it is over that father I'm through I've done everything you call me to do. There is nothing left for me. May I please have the privilege to join with you in eternity. May I have the privilege to walk on the streets of gold. May I have a privilege to see the rewards in eternity for all those who do serve you truly. Father, I'm tired of this world. A day will come you'll be tired of this world. A day will come you will want all those monies and and things you are fighting over and the jewels and the treasures and the accolades and the cars and the houses and the lands and you will wish you used it when it was in your power to do so for Christ and the Gospels and it might be too late. Wasa see soon only was see soon my
3: Matthew, Chapter Ten, verse thirty three
1: to thirty nine, and let's pray and go home.
2: But whosoever shall deny me before men, him will I also deny before my Father You know what this happy?
1: means? When you have opportunity to witness Christ to people and you you think about your image and you think about yourself and you think about the embarrassment of what could happen if you Talk to them about Christ and therefore you are so conscious about your reputation and yourself and who you are That when God gives you opportunity and that may be the only opportunity that soul may have And you refuse to witness Christ to them Jesus said I see it as denying me and I will deny you before my father It's a very serious one And we do it all the time. Opportunity to witness to our drivers and our secretaries and our cooks and our friends and our boss and our loved ones. And for whatever reason, we are afraid. We don't do it. I hope that none of you are here in the service and your drivers are sitting in the car waiting for you to take you home. I hope that is not it. And they say, Mandela invited somebody, I always tell this story. I'm not tired of telling stories. That means a lot to me. And this businessman came into his house and he went out to meet him and he asked the man, wealthy man in South Africa, and said, did you come alone or you came with somebody? The man said, oh, I came alone. Mr. President, I came alone. I'm the mere, I'm the real thing. I'm the prize. So Mr. President said, please come in and sit with me. And the driver went and parked the car. And he waited and they talked. When it was time for the meal, Mr. Mandela said, excuse me. And he went out and called the driver and asked the driver to join them for the meal. He considered the driver as a human being. His boss considered him as nothing. I came alone. You see, The way we value people. Some of you, eh, your value for people is only on the basis of material things. Or who they are. Or what you can benefit from them. I told a friend of mine, who was in a very powerful position in this country years ago. And I said to him, I said, you know something? When you have finished this office, and you are no more excellency. People don't come to you to tell you all the sweet things they tell you. And you don't have people in line waiting to see you. And no appointments comes. I will still be your friend. And I'll be visiting you. And it is then you will know who you are dealing with. And years after I went to visit him. And I said, do you remember what I told you? Where are all the people who come around to see you seeking for appointment and all the accolades and everything? I say, you see how empty your house is? And I'm still here. I'm a friend.
2: Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. This is very clear. I'm not going to comment on it. I'm not going to comment on it. It's self explanatory.
1: Seek not, think not that I've come to bring peace on. This, this thing contradicts a lot of other things he has said. It's a contradiction. But it's truth. You got to understand the pretext and the context to appreciate
2: the text. Go ahead. Think not that I am come to send peace on earth. Mm-hmm. I came not to send peace, but uh-huh. a sword. A sword. For I am come to set a man at variance against his father. That when it comes to Christ and your father, who will you choose?
1: That is all it means. And the daughter against her mother. A daughter against her. There come a day and a time in all of our lives when will be put to test and your faith and your obedience to God will be tested why and
2: the daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law uh-huh. and a man's foes shall be they of his own household uh-huh. he Stay. that loveth father or mother more mm-hmm. than me is not worthy of me Mm -hmm. And he that loveth son or daughter more than me Is not worthy of me Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And he that taketh not his cross And followeth after me Is not worthy of me He that findeth his life Shall lose it And he that loseth his life for my sake Shall find it
1: You know there was a time one of my kids was very ill And He has to be rushed to the hospital On that same day and time I was preaching somewhere And souls have gathered. And they were waiting for me to come. And he was being rushed to the hospital. And he was crying. And my heart was out for him. And at the same time, souls were waiting for me to preach. And I said, Lord, he's in your hands. I'll go preach. I'll go preach. He's yours. He's in your hands. I will go preach to others. And i leave him for you to handle him. When I finished preaching, I had a call. The fever had broken. He was okay. And the Lord said to me, don't clap. The Lord said to me, what could you have done if you went there without me? Your present means nothing without me. I want to pray two prayers right now. I want to pray for those who say, Papa, I repent for being selfish. And I haven't given God the best of all that he has given me. I haven't given him the all that he's given me. I haven't yet done my will and others say, I've done my will but I never considered what you're saying that I really have to do something and live something for Christ and the Gospels it's all about my kids and me my immediate family I want to do right I want to do right I want to work for the Lord whether you're a doctor or a lawyer, an engineer a businessman, whatever you do If it's not enhancing the Gospels If it's not bringing souls to Christ You are of no use to the master If you're a politician Your life must speak volumes It must bring people to Christ Whatever you do in life is not your calling, it's your vocation Your number one calling is winning souls for Christ That's it That's it. You have a responsibility to touch others. Somebody say others. That's it. All the beautiful dresses and shoes and all this hair we are buying. You know, this hair we buy and change all the time. Yeah. We're going to leave it all behind. And when they come to get a hair to dress you, and to lay you instead, they'll say, give us the old one. Because somebody has planned for the new one. <laughs> See what I'm saying? Yeah. So live for God, work for God. Use what you have to work for God. Your skill, influence, favor, resources, access, wealth, beauty, whatever it is. Use it for the Lord. Work for the Lord. Care about others. Win souls. Because a day cometh when no man can work anymore. And we all, on that day, will give an account for how we live this life that was given to us. None, Not one of us will escape it. Not one. All of us, including myself, and my greatest prayer is, Lord, Help me on that day after preaching to millions not to miss it. Help me. I don't want to miss it on that glorious day. I want to hear the master say, well done thou good and faithful servant who didn't live for himself but for the cause of Christ, the gospel and others. I want to see all the millions I've touched and the thousands have raised who are touching millions. On that day, I want to see them on those beautiful gardens and those streets of gold. Hey, we will spend more time there than here. Let's live for the Lord and work for the master. Stand on your feet. This morning, If you are here And you are not sure Your name is written in the Lamb's book of life You are not sure you are saved You are not sure you are born again You are not sure where you will live your eternity And say you know preacher I've been coming to church But I'm not sure If I've gotten this right I'm not sure if my name is written in the Lamb's book of life I'm not sure if the master Split the clouds of glory open and descend here into time if I'm ready to meet him I want to make sure that my name is written in the lamb's book of life then I want those who say you know preacher I used to serve the Lord I used to love God but I left church I got offended by church people by the way they handle and talk about money it looks like the whole thing is just about money money and gain self ego accolades it wasn't about people and souls so i got discouraged and i stopped serving the lord the way i used to i, I, I lost my first love. i want to get it back i want to pray for you i want all those individuals if it relates to you please come forward let me pray for you right now i want my name written in the book of life i want to get it right i don't want to miss it on that day will you please come come let me pray for you come now I want to get it right. I want my name written in the Lamb's book of life. I want you to come. Don't stand there. It's still selfishness. It's selfishness. You're standing there. Your heart is breaking you. Your heart is beating. Boom, boom, boom. You know the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. What is keeping you from coming? Why are you holding on? Why are you standing there? Why are you sitting there? When you know that the Spirit is speaking to you. When you are not sure, when you hear his voice, hardly not your heart. You are hearing his voice. You know the voice of the master. You are not ignorant. You know that the Spirit of God is moving you. You know you must come. I'm waiting for you. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Please turn to somebody and say, if you are not sure, I will go with you. Walk with you. I will hold your hands, but you got to be sure. I'm not sure. I'm ready to go to any extent with you. I want you to be sure. Come on to Jesus. Give him your love today come, come on, to, on jesus. to
3: jesus let him have his way sing it again come, come on to are you coming jesus. give him your love give give him-
1: Anybody coming? I'm waiting for you.
3: This might be the only opportunity
1: you have to say, Yes, Master. Are you coming? Is your heart beating? What is keeping you there? What is standing between you and him? Give it up. Come now. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Standing here, lift up your hands. Say, Father. I recognize that I'm a sinner and that you and you alone has the power to forgive sin and to save a sinner like me I acknowledge today and confess before heaven and hell Jesus as my Lord and Savior Lord Jesus I confess you. I accept you this day. As Lord and Savior. Come into my heart Lord. Be my Lord. Save me Lord. And I shall be saved. Forgive me. And I shall be forgiven. Cleanse me. And I shall be cleansed. Wash me. Wash my robes. In the blood of the Lamb. Father. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life. Help me to discover the reason for my being. Why you gave me life. And help me to fulfill that reason and purpose for which I was born. And I came into this world. Amen. Amen. Now I want you to look at me. I have some books for you. They are gifts to me personally. If you turn around There's a lady standing there Waving at you And a gentleman If you follow them To the counseling room They'll give you all these books They are gifts for me And then I need your information So we can work with you Put shepherds over you And help you Fulfill The reason for your being We don't want to lose you We want to get you ready So on that day When he appears In the clouds of glory As king of kings And lord of Lords. You will be ready for him, and you can say after today, Maranatha, Maranatha. Even so, Lord Jesus, come now. Thank you for coming. Turn around, go with them. Put your hands together for them. Don't go back to your seat. Don't go back to your seat. Follow them. Put your hands together for them as they go. Are you clapping? Use your hands for the Lord. Use your hand for the Lord. Hallelujah. Are you clapping? Are you using your hands for the Lord? Thank God for all these souls.
3: Hallelujah. Hallelujah.
2: Amen. Hallelujah.
3: You have made us what, what we, are. we are by your by blood. And by God we, we want, want to
1: praise you, you in everywhere every we every word. sing it just one more time and ha to sing I, I used to be in the choir you know yeah some of you have forgotten I used to be in the choir I used to sing in the choir in those days and every now and then I miss I just miss being in the choir and singing so every now and then I just have to remind myself that hey you can be an archbishop means nothing if you can't sing unto the Lord You hear me? It doesn't mean anything. You can be a bishop, an archbishop, a whatever. If you can't worship him, if you can't sing unto him, if you can't praise him, you have no use and value to him.
0: We know you are blessed by that word of God. And look forward to you joining the messages of the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams again. For more information on our events, books, and messages, please visit NDW Ministries Online at www.ndwministries.org or call our offices on plus one eight seven seven three six one five one one, one. Once again, thank you for joining the Archbishop today and may you continue to experience the life-transforming power of God's blessings.